I'm Elaine Cook, and I've been part of the Vineyard family for over, for nearly 30 years now. I am part of the, uh, the Vineyard leadership team. I'm a spiritual director, and uh, I've got friends who are joining me today. Johnny here is one of them. Johnny is one of our spiritual directors. And Sarah, you saw pop up earlier, is going to be joining us, and Michael later on. So just once more to let you know, if you didn't want to come to the Spiritual Formation Seminar, you can exit now without us being too worried about it. So my role in Vineyard Church is for many, uh, and for many years, my passion has been discipleship. And more recently in Vineyard Churches, I've been responsible for spiritual formation. And simply put, spiritual formation is being involved in spiritual transformation uh, by using long-term, long-established, tried and tested methods to bring about Christ-likeness. And this change will be evident in our relationships with God, in our own lives, in our relationships and roles at work, and particularly in the world around us. And of course, as we're transformed spiritually, we're also massively personally transformed too. And as we pursue spiritual formation to become more like Christ, we do the things that he did. And we discern the Lord's will for us and his calling on our lives. And as Pete Gregg said last night, the fertile ground for this is presence and intimacy with Jesus. That's what we're pursuing. So you might say, well, Elaine, what are these tried and tested means that you're talking about? Sometimes they're called spiritual exercises, and you'll have heard of most of them, I'm sure. Some of them might be prayer and fasting, silence and solitude, retreating, the Sabbath, spiritual direction. Some of these we do as a community, and some of these we do on our own. They're things that we grow into. It doesn't happen instantly. We have to try. We try and we try again. And there are many distractions. There are a number of ways that we can lean into spiritual formation. On the Vineyard Church's website, there are over 50 little video clips of different ways of approaching spiritual formational prayer. And you'll find those um, on the resources page under spiritual formation. For those of you who are vineyard pastors or church planters, then we would love to suggest that you pursue spiritual direction. We can refer you to a vineyard spiritual director. We have a number of them trained up, all ready to go, and we're here to serve you. Senior pastors, get on board with a one-day online free Soul Spa Retreat this April, the 19th and 20th, led by Andy and Mandra Myatt, and we'd love to see you there. Or maybe you would like to organise a one-day or a half-day retreat for your staff team. If you can do that, brilliant. If you need help, again, our spiritual directors are here to help, and we'd love to be part of that. At the end, of the uh, session on the chat line, you'll see that there are some email contacts coming up where you can pursue some of these things that I've mentioned. But if you miss that at the very last resort or even the first, you can go to the Vineyard Church's webpage and scroll down right to the very bottom to the black and white bit where there's lists of resources and you'll find down at the bottom there spiritual direction. And you can click on that link and it will give your contact email straight through to us. So today, today we're going to look at two different spiritual exercises followed by a Q&A. Let me introduce you to Johnny here, who is going to lead us through the first exercise. Um, Johnny is based in Nottingham, and uh, as I said, he's a spiritual director, and he will explain to you as he goes through um, and leads us what we're expected to do. And then after that, I'll follow on with a second exercise, which is a Lectio Divina, using a very familiar psalm. And again, I'll explain as we go through. So Johnny, over to you. Thank you, Elaine. 
So, well, the intention for these next few minutes is just to give space to bring the fullness of ourself into the space of prayer with God. And so in doing that, we're going to seek to engage our whole self. And by that, I mean our, our rational, our emotional, imaginative, intuitive selves. I realise that some of you may be feeling concerned about your ability to engage in an exercise like this or wondering what's, what's even coming up. I invite you simply to engage as you can, not as you feel you ought to engage. If we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, then we must allow all the capacities of our mind to be brought into the presence of God. So the rational, the imaginative, the thinking, the sensing, and be open to the spirit working in, in every part. Engaging our imagination in prayer has uh, a long history, notably Ignatius of Loyola, who co-founded the Society of Jesus, which we now call the Jesuits. Uh, he commended this practice to, to those in his order uh, as part of his spiritual exercises. Imagination is also obviously a significant aspect of what it means for us to be human. We each live out of our imaginations. If we engage our memories or consider different options for the future. When we remember, we're actually imagining a past event. So to begin with, let me lead you in, in a shorter, simple exercise. And right now, just to recall a time when you felt particularly close to God or had a strong sense of God's presence with you. When was that? Where were you at that time? And what did it feel like? How did God seem to you at that time? If we were meeting in a small group, I'd love to hear your responses to that. Given our situation, that's not going to be possible. But I hope you can all see that re recollections and reflections like this demonstrate the important role our, our memory plays and that our imaginations play in our relationship with God, our ability to recall and relive in our minds our experiences with God. So as we go into the exercise, let me just give a sense of the flow of time. To begin with, I'm just gonna help us settle into this space, slowing down, becoming still, centering ourselves. Then I will lead you in a time of reflection and imaginative prayer. And that's where we'll give space to notice how we are in our spiritual lives and space to meet with Jesus in that space and express our needs to him. At the end, we'll give some time for you to capture any thoughts or insights in your journal or on a piece of paper. For now, I invite you to pause. Take in your surroundings. Just look around the room that you're in, gazing gently. Noting perhaps four or five specific things, just naming them to yourself without any need to judge or interpret. Now I invite you to close your eyes and to listen. Even in the silence, just notice the subtle sounds you hear. Now pay attention to how you're experiencing your sense of touch as you're sat in your chair, your feet on the ground.
Let's draw attention to our breathing now. Take one deep breath and exhale slowly. And let your breathing take a slow and steady pace. Each breath becoming a, a physical expression of your desire to be present and aware of God during this time. Let each exhale be a releasing of any tension that you may be holding in your body. We welcome you, God. We settle ourselves in your presence. We desire you, Holy Spirit. And we desire to be still in this moment. In the silence, take a moment to get a sense of how you are now in yourself. What word would describe your experience of the last few weeks? What posture do you remember yourself holding during this time? Something that perhaps expresses how you have felt. What landscape would describe how life is for you right now? Perhaps a place you've been to? Or perhaps the spirit will bring to mind a picture that you have seen. Don't judge the landscape that comes to mind. Just stay with what has been given. And get a feel of what it's like to be in this landscape. Take note of what you see in it. Notice any sounds that you might hear. Get some sense of how the air in that place might feel on your skin. Take a look around. Where have you come from? And what direction are you going in? Perhaps there's some sense of path or trail which you're following.
How does it seem to you? What kind of terrain is it? How does it feel underfoot? Look around you and notice Jesus in this scene. Where is he? And what do you notice about him? He asks you if there is anything you need on your journey. Look at him as you respond, expressing your desire. Notice how he responds to you. Is there anything else said between you? Give yourself time to linger a little longer in that space with Jesus. And as you feel ready, bring your attention back to this space. I just want to leave just a moment for you to capture any thoughts from this time. 
You may want to note or doodle something down in your journal. Or perhaps simply choose five or six words which sum up your experience. We'll pause for a, a minute or two to give you space to do this. Before we move on to the next exercise, which will be led by Elaine. Lord, we thank you for your presence and your grace. Stay with us, Lord. Stay with us as we continue in this time. Amen. And now pass over to Elaine. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Johnny. Now, I would encourage you to remain in this attitude, leaning into the Lord as you are now. We're going to carry on seeking his face and we're going to use uh, a tried and tested means called Lectio Divina, which is a slow reading of scripture. Our focus is not on studying the scripture. Our focus is on hearing the word of the Lord through the scripture for ourselves. We're inviting God's word to come and to penetrate our hearts, our minds and our lives in this present moment. We are turning our ears towards Jesus. We are wanting to hear him call our name. Continue to be aware of your breathing as a means of stilling yourself as you transition from one thing to the next now. As you breathe in, as you breathe out. I'm using a few verses of Psalm 23, and I'll repeat them four times. And I will talk you through a different response after each of the four times. I'll guide you, and there will be silences in between and they may seem quite lengthy. Use them just to meet with Jesus, to experience his presence and intimacy with him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Simply soak in those words of scripture. Receive them, hear them without analyzing them.
Our next stage is one of reflecting. This time I'm going to read it again and I'm going to give you the opportunity to listen for a word or a phrase that seems to shimmer for you, that somehow resonates within you. Take hold of that word, ponder it, turn it over. In the silence that follows this next reading, remain with that word. Ask the Lord why that word has resonated with you. Ask him what it means to you in this moment. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How is this word connecting with your life today? Is there an invitation from the Lord? Is there a challenge to you? Perhaps a comfort, a consolation. third time of reading is an opportunity for responding. In the silence afterwards, think how would I like to respond to this? How would I like to respond to God? And during the time, do just that. Give your response to the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Having discerned a word, how would you?
to respond to a call of God. Maybe to action or maybe to rest. As we come to this last time of reading, the invitation to you is to rest, to linger in this space. You've heard the word or phrase and you've pondered it. You've discerned an invitation and responded to it. This final stage in Lectio Divina is to stay and linger in the sweetness of the presence of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You don't need to do anything now. Just be. Thank you, Heavenly Father, O oh, gracious God, that you prepare a table before us 
in the presence of our enemies, that you anoint our heads with oil, our cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So let's change pace now as we enter our Q&A and can I invite Michael and Sarah to join us? Michael and Sarah are two more of our spiritual direction superstars. Welcome. Superstars, that's great. I'll take it. <laughs> I think the Lord sees all of us as superstars. Welcome <laughs> Sarah, Michael. And so, Michael, do we have any questions? Yeah, first, I'd, I just want to uh, remind everyone that uh, if you have some questions, you can put it in the chat. Um, and then also, uh, there's a little button that says polls on there. And if you see that and click on that, there's two polls in there for you. Uh, one asking you, have you ever participated in any spiritual formation exercise? Yes or no. And then have you ever had a spiritual director? And uh, that has three options. So you can check that out. I've had a few people. Um, but uh, I don't know if everyone knew that. Um, but then as, uh, as we said, um, go ahead, throw your questions in the chat. I'm gonna try to moderate them um, to the best of my ability here and, uh, and we'll get some of these answered. Um, the, the first one that, that I saw in there and uh, whoever wants to take it, uh, I'm guessing Elaine might want the first shot at this one, um, is just, are there any vineyard retreats for lay people and not for leaders? What do you think about that, Elaine? Well, do you know, uh, we handed over our church last Christmas, uh, but when we led as senior pastors, we actually led retreats for our own people, our own congregation. And so in your churches, uh, you could do that. And again, if you want help from us, we can help you to shape that. We'd be very willing if you're stepping out into new waters, uh, we, we'd love to help you on that one. We don't have a, a religious house in the vineyard that, that you can come to and have retreats here, but we can help you with in-house retreats, uh, but perhaps not provide them. All right. And I, I also say, um, you know, there's there's resources out there um, for doing your own retreats for, you know, solo retreats or um, even even getting things and doing it with a small group or something like that. I, I've heard of small groups doing 60 minute retreats and uh, and you can even just kind of Google some of that stuff and um, and grab some of those. There's lots of resources for things like that out there. Um, and then also there's lots of uh, directors around the movement um, that might be willing to do those things. And so I will let them know there's people that are interested and we'll see what comes out of it. But if you're looking for more resources, um, I uh, love talking about this stuff and getting people connected with resources. So I'm going to throw my email into the chat right now. Uh, there it is. And you can just send me an email if you're looking for resources for that stuff. All right, let's take a look. Another one, uh, we had a question um, saying, how do we get a spiritual director and how much does it cost? He's, he's taking this on, shall I? <laughs> that's Go for a, it, Danny. Go for it. You are, doesn't it? Because we do have, yeah. if you're a vineyard pastor, then we, we have people waiting <laughs> to be your spiritual director. So if that's the case, please do get in touch with Michael and Elaine. Um, because we really want to resource you as, as vineyard pastors. Um, but spiritual direction is not just for pastors. Uh, and there are many spiritual directors out there um, who, yeah, would, I'm sure, welcome uh, you uh, as, a, as, as someone to receive the spiritual direction with. So um, you, can, you can Google, obviously. Um, you, can, you can check in with people you know locally who might know of a spiritual director. Um, and then there are there are various organizations that have lists. So um, there's more out there than you think. There's more spiritual directors out there available to you than you think. Um, obviously, we have a we have a, a handful in the vineyard, and that number's growing. Um, and yeah, they have been very well trained. <laughs> um, all right. Um, the who wants to add to that actually before we move on. Oh, cost. We should probably say something yes. about cost. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, vineyard, vineyard pastors, we have a way for you to, <laughs> to receive that uh, at no cost at the moment. Um, uh, it is possible to receive spiritual direction generally at no cost, but it's pretty rare because um, spiritual directors are giving up their time and they have trained a lot. So you could expect to pay between anywhere between 20 and 50 pounds, depending on, on the spiritual director's experience or where they're based and things like that. Um, it's probably going to be the, the top half of that, but you might be lucky and you might have a general spiritual director who can discount you. All right. Um, what's the difference between a spiritual director and a mentor or a coach? And, uh, and then how do you go about getting one? So we already answered that. So what's the difference between a director and a mentor and a coach? Uh, Sarah, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, definitely. Um, they both draw on some of the same elements. So there can be an element of uh, encouragement and mentoring. But actually with spiritual direction, I think one of the primary emphasis is that um, the person who's accompanying the person who's, who's experiencing that spiritual direction, they are actually allowing that person primar primarily to explore their own relationship with God. So the dialogue that goes on is very much um, a three-person dialogue, the Holy Spirit, who is the spiritual director, the person who is receiving spiritual direction, and the person who is offering it, accompanying that individual. So the sense is very much being open to what that person is experiencing of God and an exploration of their relationship so that um, there's an intentionality about noticing the movements of God in that person's life. And that comes to light uh, largely through, through just asking questions that are open questions that allow somebody to, to get to know themselves in the presence of God more readily. So as I say, other techniques might be part of the training in terms of tools we might use, but this is primarily about someone exploring their relationship with God in the presence of the Holy Spirit and with the help of a spiritual director. Yeah, a funny way that I used to describe it to people, especially with the coaching and spiritual direction thing is if you imagine that you fell down a well um, and you're at the bottom of a well, a, a coach would look down the hole and say, hey, w what kind of resources do you have to get yourself out of that? Um, and if we want to throw the mentor thing in there, they might say, well, last time I was in a well, this is how I got out of it. And a spiritual director would look down and say, how are you experiencing God at the bottom of that well? Um, so that's it's kind of a funny way to do it. But I think it actually kind of describes a little bit of the goals of, of each of those things. Um, and that might be a little easier way to remember as well. <laughs> is there anything else that anyone has that wants to add into that? I love that example, Michael. That's great. <laughs> I think that will stay with us for a long time, Michael. <laughs> I, I didn't come up with it myself. That's a Bob Logan, a coaching guy. He actually heard him say that once. Um, all right. So uh, the next one. Um, so what are some of the earliest origins or maybe earliest examples of the exercise that we performed? And um, and then also just any any biblical stuff for, for those, but also just for, I think, spiritual formation in, in general. Where do we see some of that stuff biblically? Um, I don't know if, Elaine, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. I don't know about the earliest example, but thinking about the imaginative exercise that Johnny took us through, I can think of numerous times where Jesus would turn to his disciples and say to them, consider the lilies of the field, the, the mustard seed. Um, he would speak to them about sowing the seed and lead them in their imagination as to uh, what would become of it. So it's very much a model that we see in the Gospels. Um, I don't know about beforehand, um, and I do know that the, um, the scriptures were very highly regarded by the Jews, as I'm sure you all know, and they were um, learned. What was it? Um, was it last night or was it this morning we heard that Jewish young men learned all 150 of the um, Psalms? So um, in that poetry, in those psalms, there's a great deal of imaginative um, work that can be done in there. 
As for the lecture of Venotype, Michael, do you have any ideas of when it first came about? Well, I know that the, the Lectio Divina um, kind of in its present form was in some of the earliest monastic orders. Um, and really what that was is they put words to something that had been going on um, even in the um, Hebrew traditions of, of reading the Psalms, actually. Um, it's, it's something that in Jesus' time would have um, or was really common um, in reading Psalms and doing it pretty much the exact same way the Lectio Divina is done yeah. um, and, and using it in that in that format. Um, but um yeah i think let's see what other yeah so that's i think that's definitely some of those earliest examples i don't know if johnny or sarah if you have any other things for them i was just remembering as you were talking about the psalms how often the psalms say i love to meditate on your law or i love to meditate on your word i mean if you do a concordance lookup of the word meditate um in the bible all the way through um Dwelling, dwelling on the words of scripture, the word of the Lord. And um, yeah, so Lexi is really giving, giving us a pattern to, to do that. Um, whether, they, whether they did, they wouldn't have called it Lexi then, they, that's a Latin word, uh, but they, you know, there was a, there was a meditative engagement with scripture. They would have, yes, they were studying, but there was also a meditative yeah. engagement. Yeah. I think the thing is, we sometimes get hung up on words and titles rather than looking behind them to see what the practice actually is. Mm. And I, th I think we have to be aware of that. Absolutely. Um, all right. So uh, how about spiritual direction training? Um, is that taking place this year? And I can answer this question. Um, it is uh, going to happen. Um, obviously, you know, COVID allowing and all of those things that we're just used to making plans and holding them loosely these days, aren't we? Um, but uh, but that is going to be starting in the autumn. Um, and there is, um, there is, I believe, a, a couple more spots left for that. Um, and uh, we are, we, we will have a waiting list just in case there's those who in the process of waiting because we were going to do it this last autumn but then we pushed it off a year because of everything going on um so uh so you know if anybody's thing um plans change uh, we do want to have people on a waiting list so if you're interested in that you can um, send an email to myself or elaine she just put her uh email in there um, and we can get you connected to the application form and and you can start to go through some of that that process um, so someone had a question of, have you used spiritual exercises within a Sunday church service, online or in person, and what ways could you see them being used within worship, prayer times, or in communal gatherings in, in general? Um, Sarah, have you used them in your context? Yes, definitely. Um, I think we've been, uh, we've been quite intentional about doing it within our, certainly within our team our staff team in particular, and have taken the opportunity to really um, go deep in some of these things. So I've, I've organized retreats at a local monastery. Um, it's definitely more challenging in a, in a Sunday service. Um, so it's thinking really of ways in which we can make those practices accessible and create that comfort and that ease that we also want to accompany that openness of heart to God. So um, I think it's it does depend on the personalities of the people who are leading those kind of events and those kind of activities. But one of the things that was very much highlighted in our training was the importance of bringing the contemplative and bringing all that that encompasses into the life of the local church and we were always encouraged as people who were on that training course to see where we could make that happen and to create small groups of perhaps small group spiritual direction um, exercises like the ones we've gone through today to enable people to experience god in that way and particularly to have the opportunity because so much of what we do is within our cerebral and rational self to have the opportunity to engage in in practices corporately and in small groups that take us from the head knowledge down deeper into the internal interior heart knowledge and the spirit so um yes we've done it and i would recommend it very much so in the local church 
Yeah, I too, sir, have um, experienced church services uh, where the contemplative has been really the main and plain. Um, it's a matter of expectation. What do you expect as a pastor to happen in your church service? What do your people expect to happen? Uh, and I, I've um, been in services where we've started with a silence. We've had worship. We've had lecture, Divina. We've had the Eucharist. And then we've had our vineyard prayer model at the end, praying for one another too. And so it can be done. And I think that the vineyard particularly lends itself well to this sort of thing. Um, we're very flexible. Uh, we're very uh, intent upon hearing the voice of the Lord as a movement and as a people. Uh, and I think it's something that sits well with us. Yeah, and I, you know, I think it, it is one of those things. Um, uh, different exercises and things are uh, they're they're just worship. They're things that are pointing us towards Jesus, um, and uh, and and in that way, it's just a model of an act of worship. Um, and so I've I've heard of of good ways of, of people doing it uh, in services in especially in in those moments in those first few months when we tried to get back and um, and things when when we you know we can't sing in person and stuff like that of doing like uh, call and response psalms um, I mean that's that's a, a, a type of way of using some of these kind of formational practices or a little bit more of a contemplative thing and instead of doing music and, and and I think that's one of the things that I get excited about with some of this is um, just the way that we all learn in different ways is, um, you know, we can all worship in different ways. And so this might hit um, a, another kind of piece of, uh, of our community. Um, and it might uh, hit us in a different way in ourselves too, you know, in the different ways that we um, look to Jesus and worship him in, in those different ways. It's just kind of that, that kind of facet of that diamond where we get to see just kind of another perspective on who God is and who Jesus is. And so I think using these in the context of our communities um, can be really healthy in that way. Johnny, do you, have, do you have anything you want to throw into that? Um, just that I have used them in in small groups and space for people. Um, and at Trent, we've incorporated things like this into maybe like a particular um, event, like a Monday Thursday event or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a few. Mm -hmm. And if I can just jump in there, I can see in the chat it moves down to asking about uh, kids church doing formational things with kids. Mm -hmm. and I don't know particularly about in kids church per se, but um, I've heard about spiritual exercises with children where they're so very keen and very um, well placed to move into imaginative exercises um, with guidance. And, and you could start very easily. By um, when my grandkids come home from school uh, and when I had the privilege of seeing them pre-COVID, I would say to them, what was the best thing that happened at school for you today? Simple conversation. What was your day like today? And as we talk about things, we can give thanks to the Lord and pray. And that's a great way to start to introduce them to uh, just simple practices, which are not necessarily what we've done today, but all very valid and all part of spiritual formation that bringing us closer to Jesus. And there's a, there's a book by a vineyard pastor in the States called Imaginative Prayer, which is specifically um, about prayer and, and kids. So um, that might be worth looking into as well, if that's something that yeah. particularly you want to see. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, who's, who's, um, the uh the the woman in colorado who's doing stuff with kids as well mm. oh uh, yes uh kaiser stanbergley yeah so she's a spiritual director um he trained the same time as i did and yeah she specializes in spiritual direction with children and will do uh, children's retreats and also one-to-one -one, uh, children's spiritual direction as well so Yes, there's particular training actually for spiritual directors who are interested in that as a kind of a like a top up, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and the needs of that particular that particular thing. So that's Kaiser mm -hmm. and Lee. Um, okay, and uh, I, I, another question uh, um, was about where can we get um, like scripts, like written things or videos that. Um, 
that are have to do with like Ignatian um, imaginative prayer. Mm. One I saw came up in the chat was uh, Tom mentioned uh, the uh, Praise You Go app, which is actually uh, an app and website produced by the Jesuits. They're very tech savvy, the Jesuits, and they got on that pretty quick. Uh, so that's good. Uh, there's also um, there's uh, a lady called Dorinda Miller who runs a website called Into Deeper Waters, and she provides recordings of imaginative prayer exercises. Uh, we probably have time for one more. Um, it's about a minute to the hour here. I don't think we'll totally get disconnected right away, but I want to respect everyone's time. So um, uh, I will um, say, uh, I'm just going to really quick, like quickly answer a few. Uh, one is, can lay people get access to spiritual director? Yes, you can. Send me an email. I'll help you do it. It's, it's, it's really easy. Um, the next one is, uh, how can you be trained? Uh, I'll help you with that. Send me an email. <laughs> There's lots of different options for that as well. Uh, there are qualifications for it. It's usually somewhere between, uh, some are one year, but a lot of them are like two, three year trainings and ongoing training after that. Um, um, and then I guess just when, when it comes to small groups, you're thinking about small groups, let's make it um, really applicable, I think maybe for everyone that's here, like wh what are some resources, what are some places that you can go to to grab some things to help in your small group, um, to help with people with um, spiritual formation in general and some of these exercises? What have you guys seen? So let's start with Sarah. Um, well, some of the some of the textbooks that we used in our training incorporated some brilliant practical elements that you could then take into a group um, and use with you know with other people to explore spiritual direction. So um, I think it's probably best to email and and hear about those sort of titles because there are some excellent books available that we could give you the titles of. For me, I actually found that some of the formational things I went through in my own life um, were the um, the ground that my own exercises grew out of. Uh, I found that I couldn't offer something to someone else unless I'd been through it myself. And as I went through it myself, it was formed within me. So I would say a lot of personal experience as well. Don't ever discount that. Yeah, I think the more you... Uh, immerse yourself in this this way of praying the more that it will become part of who you are and and easier to lead um and yeah, yeah as you read scripture you'll find ah oh, i could this totally lends itself to to an imaginative way into this uh, it wouldn't take much for me to just you know draw some things out of that and to um and to lead a small group in it I think uh, just a key thing on that is to, uh, the, with the Ignatian practice, is to pick a character in a story. So a gospel passage would be a great place to start. A, a gospel story where a character meets Jesus and invite yourself or the people in your group to imagine themselves as that, as that uh, character. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we'll, we'll call it there, Elaine. I don't know if you have any closing remarks for us. No, I just want to say really what a, a pleasure and a privilege it's been to be able to do this uh, and to engage with you all on the subject of spiritual formation, which is very dear to all of our hearts here. And if you want to know any more from any of us, just do feel free to get in touch, either through the links that you've had on the on the chat line or through Vineyard Church's um, webpage. You'll find links on there. God bless you all. It's been great chatting and I hope we'll see you again.